Tokyo Lives, the Giant Monsters Podcast, where the hosts truly believe space monsters? That's not my department. I'm Rob. I'm Kyle. And today, we're talking about Space Monster Dogara. Uh, here <laughs> yes. on Space Month. Uh, yes. But before we can blast off, we gotta buckle in and talk about this news. Nice, nice. <laughs> Very good, Rob. Very good. Um, yeah, not a lot of news this week. Um, there are a couple of big ones, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's some a very sh- some physically big. Yes, yeah. some physically. Um, so uh, first one up is a very cool Blu-ray release that I did not know was happening, but I'm super pumped for this. Not because it's a good movie, but because <laughs> a it's coverable, and b because it's a movie that I have a fun fond memory with my grandmother. <laughs> Of, of trying to find the not, the name of this movie. We both remembered <laughs> this movie. We both remembered renting it. We both remembered me getting in trouble by my grandfather because it was really gory. <laughs> um, but we could not remember the name of the movie, but we finally did, and it was a big moment of like realization. We were like, oh, that's what it was. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, the movie is called Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds, um, and it is a movie uh, essentially about a – uh, plesiosaur versus a ter- uh, crazy, weird pteranodon pterodactyl thing. Isn't it like multiple pterodactyls, or am I just am I crazy? It is, but like, yeah, it's it's a weird movie. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I haven't seen it since I was like ten. Um, it's not very good, as I said. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, but it's it's right up Rob's alley. Uh, it's very schlocky, very yeah. like uh japanese like b movie b horror movie yeah uh it's got some really fun practical effects though like it's got a big old practical plesiosaur head that they use to eat people they use it a lot uh, they use yeah it, they do uh too much from what i i remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but anyway it's getting a blu-ray release Yay, uh, from, from uh, discotech media they put out yes. a lot of really good anime Yes. Uh, so and, if you're um, you're interested, check out Right Stuff Anime or just Discotech. They're on uh, the tweeters. They're on the tweeters. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out uh, in November of this year. The Blu-ray is. Uh, so I would, I honestly, I would probably say we'll probably cover it sometime next year. I would bet. Yeah, uh, with that the, sounds with about the, right. With the fresh Blu-ray unless, release, usually. Unless someone throws that on as their their choice for fan month, then. Uh, December is fan month. That's <laughs> that's very fair. I do already have it pre ordered, so if somebody wanted to, we could. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that's coming out. Um, I'm very excited for it. Very excited to check out this movie that was, you know, from my from my developing kaiju fan years. Uh, so that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, this next news is this not is as kinda- fun. This kind of is like a little bit of an I told you so from you, to, yes. to be fair. So, so uh, <laughs> Legendary is planning to move away from Warner Brothers Ooh. and make a uh, make a deal developing films 
Uh, and the current two people that are the highest bidders for this contract are Sony and Paramount are the mm. two. Um, Sony is slightly ahead right now, I think is what I read. Mm. Uh, their bid is slightly higher than Paramount's. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go with Sony because Legendary might look at Paramount as a better um, long-term distributor, long-term. Yeah, well, because because Paramount has Paramount Plus. Yep. They have like you know they Paramount also has deals with like Netflix and stuff like that. So there's a yeah. lot more distributor options going with Paramount than there is Sony. Yeah. Um. But once again, Sony is a bigger company. Um. Yeah. And so they could go with Sony. Now, obviously, we're all, we're talking about this on the Giant Monster Podcast because Legendary is the owners uh, and makers of the MonsterVerse. Yep. Um. As I stated before, this should not affect Dune or MonsterVerse. Um, now one of two things is going to happen if this deal goes through number one, legendary will continue making MonsterVerse movies and Dune sequels, but it will just have a different name at the front of who's distributing the film. Yeah. And that will be what will show up in theaters. It'll and... say Paramount's the MonsterVerse or Paramount's legendaries. The, yeah. The Dune. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 all it will do is end up where, where the movies end up streaming. Yeah. And uh, ha- like the name in front of it when it comes out. Yeah. Um, the MonsterVerse and Dune are both 100% safe. Yes. From like just a company just canceling them. MonsterVerse is extremely profitable. Uh, the MonsterVerse has I don't know if you've been on Twitter lately, but like Godzilla and everything is like consistently trending these last few weeks. <laughs> Anytime Legendary shows any sort of like even small announcement of. Yeah. Oh, this actor's joining the show or anything like that. The Godzilla is trending for the whole day. Um, so MonsterVerse is fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, Dune, also fine. What really successful film. Uh, they, you know, they've got like a big cast behind it, big director. Like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets a little complicated of what also could happen. Um, this deal could specifically talk about franchises that have yet to be created so what that could mean is that legendary will still be using warner brothers to distribute dune and the monsterverse even <laughs> though they will have now signed a contract to do new movies with sony or paramount yeah um once again won't affect dune or the monsterverse at all because it is very successful and warner brothers is actually probably trying to find a way to outbid sony or paramount mm. even though they're broke and have no money as we all know <laughs> so uh it's not gonna work but that's what i foresee with this whole scenario i yeah. could be wrong but i've done a lot of research into this because that when this article came out there was a lot of like people just like speculating all across the board and so i actually made a post about it <laughs> like, i was just like look it's not that big of a deal it's not going to affect our stuff. It is going to affect the film industry. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to affect like the things that we specifically care about that's going on in the film industry right now. Um, <laughs> not that this is going to matter, but also don't forget legendary is also the owner and uh, creator of uh, Pacific Rim. So if there was a, another Pacific Rim movie that got off the ground in the success of uh, the black, that would still happen that would still be able to happen because legendary owns it it's not a deal of their partnership yes so this is this is another thing that people are misunderstanding before we move on 
Um, so yes, Warner Brothers has put money into the franchises. So Warner Brothers essentially they distribute the film and they also give about ten to fifteen percent of the budget whenever Legendary was making these films. Yeah, it's not a big number, um, but essentially what it is is that the way these contracts work, they give that little bit into the budget, which gives them the rights to distribute the film, which then gives them the cut off of the top of when the box office money comes in. They don't get, they basically it helps them funny enough, helps them basically avoid taxes on some of the funds coming in is because they, they gave money to this film. So therefore they don't get taxed as much whenever oh. the money oversight comes in yeah so it's like it's a balancing act the film industry has always been this way that's why i don't like to talk about it because number one i'm not an expert in it <laughs> but the little bit i know about it it's the most convoluted i weird like <laughs> way to make money that i've ever heard in my life you know my favorite thing about uh, america and like honestly economics as a whole is it really is just like a series of convoluted like pseudo scams piled together yes. to form an industry <laughs> to form something yeah, I... absolutely it's <laughs> it's wild man it's, it's completely insane um and uh it, yeah it's 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 a wild thing that's why it's so hard whenever whenever we're talking about movies if they were successful or not yeah if they kind of are like like king, like king of the monsters is a great example of a movie that's like right on that edge of what should be considered successful but technically <laughs> it's not because it's you know what i mean like it, it's yeah. this weird thing of like Yes, it made its money back. Yes, it gave them. Did a, you a, see a, that a Hot Ones money. interview with uh, with Matt Damon where he was talking about like the action movies he grew up with? Yes. Um, and then why they don't make movies like that anymore? And he was like, "Okay, so you know, I was I finally got the chance to direct my first movie ever, and they gave me like a, a six million dollar or twenty two million dollar budget to make it. Mm -hmm. And then the ad guys came out and said, "Okay." So uh, on top of that, you need to spend $17 million advertising it. On top yes. of that, you need to spend this much money, like, doing, you know, all this other extra stuff. And so it ended up, like, basically the budget triples just for, mm -hmm. like, the, versus the cost of making the movie yep. is tripled just to, like, produce and advertise it. Yep. And so it's just kind of like that didn't, you know, you didn't have to, like, and on top of all that, the DVD industry is dead. Like, people don't. Right in bulk like you know there's not a second life for a movie no. outside of the theater or yeah, streaming it's, it's not what it used to be yeah it's not what it used to be yeah, so it's, it's it just still like, exists like <laughs> that's true media isn't dead yet but no it, it, it's but not it's like diehard fans it's not the common person going out and buying a dvd right. of a movie at walmart that they were like oh i like this you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, either those people will wait for it to go on crazy sale, or they'll wait for it to show up streaming. On streaming, yeah. Watch it there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Which, which, don't get me wrong. What, once again, that's why the film industry is even more complicated now when it comes to money because streaming <laughs> yeah. and 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 like Redbox stuff that that all does count, and it is money that does go into people's pockets. Yes, but but it's impossible to track. It's impossible yeah. Well. It's also what like it's based off of like a set percentage that's like based off of the totality of views of the streaming service itself. Yes. And so you get like a percentage of a percentage of like a penny yeah. per viewership 
and then right. like that's even more diminished based or higher if you're a famous person. But if you have, but if you have something like uh, Rings of Power, for example, which had 25 million views in 24 yes. hours, that penny of a penny ends up still being like 10 million dollars going straight into your pocket. Well, okay. For, well, but. It's not even yeah. based off of like viewership of an individual show. It's the streaming no. service at large. Yes. At least with like with a lot of the main ones. I don't know about how Apple Plus does it. They might be different. But I saw a whole <laughs> breakdown of like how the actual like money goes into like, you know, directors and actors and everything. And it's like it's so it's so wild. It's so convoluted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's but, that way on purpose, and it's like yeah. people desperately fighting for it with unions back in like the day, you know. Oh yeah, and and, and oh, speaking of something that uh, I didn't have on the news, but oh. uh, it actually fits in with this legendary thing really, really well. Yeah. Um, I actually answered somebody about this on Twitter, uh, but uh, it's a very good question. I thought I'd address it. So, uh, Kong, yes, in the MonsterVerse, uh, people were bringing up the whole. Because if you if you remember when Kong started out, when uh, before it became Kong Skull Island, it was going to be part of this monster verse with Godzilla. Yeah, there was just going to be a Kong movie that was going to be made by Universal. Yes, and then and and, and Legendary, Legendary and Universal were going to make a Kong film, and then Legendary moved it to Warner Brothers by paying universal some money mm. and saying like, we want, we want to make this with them so we can do this thing. And universal was like, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> so then that's how the Kong and the MonsterVerse came about. Now here's the, here's the stuff that's actually important about Kong and the MonsterVerse. Will Kong still exist in the MonsterVerse? Absolutely. Yes. Number one, because Kong and the MonsterVerse has become its own unique dynamic character away from the origin of the original King Kong. He's got an axe like, now. In plot, in story, in everything, there's really almost no connection to the original King Kong anymore. Uh, especially with the with Skull Island being written out <laughs> with of the sinking verse. Skull Island. Yeah, uh, but um, but it's actually more complicated than that. And I don't have the full like I personally don't have the full research to fully explain it. But essentially, what it is here is that there is a section of the Kong character that is in public domain. And essentially, that's the that's the character that Legendary ended up using when creating Kong for Kong Skull Island. It's the same reason why we're getting, as as uh, Rob and uh, Cameron talked about last episode, <laughs> the Disney Plus show, is because they are using the rights from the Marion C. Cooper estate to the story of the original King Kong movie that they have the rights to because they, the director had rights to that story. Whereas a, a perfect example of how this is different. We talked about it on the Kong school Island episode. We'll probably talk about it again when we watch it again <laughs> as a revisited, but it's the same reason why the ship that was crashed onto skull Island uh, is called the wanderer instead of the venture. It's because in the original story, which is public domain, yeah. it's called the wanderer. And in the script from Marion C. Cooper and them, it was called The Venture. They changed the name. Um, it's the same reason why Legendary will never be able to use the name King Kong. Even if they make a reference to it, even if they say King Kong in the movie, that's fine. But they can't call a movie King Kong. Yeah. It will always be Kong something else because the name King Kong as a title belongs to the Cooper estate for that th those rights, those very specific rights. 
And there's also very specific rights to the original King Kong story that Universal owns still because of PJKK. And they own those rights. So technically, Universal still could make a remake of the original Kong <laughs> because they own the rights to Kong's rights are a wild thing. There's a whole Rob and I went to a panel at G Fest that year. Yes. Where oh God, this guy yeah. did he he did the research. He's, he released like three books about it because it is that complicated of like how the Kong rights are split between people, who fought over them when. That's why that we have so many of these like Kong ripoffs like Ape that actually use the name King Kong because technically at the time Ape was made, King Kong was actually able to be used by anybody and then it was able <laughs> then like literally a year later it was taken away like it's it's a whole thing, but essentially awesome. because the MonsterVerse Kong is its own character at this point and didn't actually use or continue to use much of the original story from like the original Kong 33, it's safe. Um, so don't worry about that. It shouldn't, shouldn't affect it. Obviously things could change. Like the Cooper estate could sue legendary and say that it's too close to, um, the original, which technically already almost happened because those guys are assholes, but, uh, it's a whole thing anyway. Um, (laughs) The next piece of news, uh, stepping away from the MonsterVerse for a second, um, is the... Seven! (laughs) Yes. uh, The Ultra 7 55th Anniversary Project begins. Uh, Now, don't get too excited. This isn't like the Uh, announcement of Shin Ultra 7, even though we know it's supposedly in the plans. Um, It's a series of merchandise, live events, videos, streams, and more. Yeah. we will see some of it, um, it, like in America on like the Subaraya channel. Um, they're going to release some episodes of the of the original Ultra Seven for free on streaming. Um, maybe even some of the uh, the Ultra Seven. Uh, uh, what what is it? The sequel, the sequel series that came years later. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be. A lot of merchandise, just a lot of fun, like graphics and stuff like that. There's already an English web uh, page on the Super I official webpage talking about it. It doesn't give really any details, yeah, other than the logo. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, we, we don't uh, know what shape it'll take, but everyone's excited for uh, 55 years of seven, baby. Yes. I think in 22 uh, years it'll be more special, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's, uh <laughs> it's true. Uh, the seven key themes that all this stuff will be under will be understand Ultra 7, watch under se- Ultra 7, own Ultra 7, discover huh. Ultra 7, oh. examine Ultra 7 through modern art, oh. uh, experience Ultra 7 through sets and stories, and encounter Ultra 7 through modern technology. Ultra um, 7 painted as the Mona Lisa would be <laughs> 1,000% what I want oh, I to hang it. in my house. I need it. Just like, you know, with his hands and it's just like, but it's the Ultra 7 face, but long flowing hair. And so it's like uh, Ultra hey. 7 wearing her, uh, wearing the Mona Lisa dress. After, after Dark Listers that have artistic talents, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wait, <gasps> maybe that's why I should make the t-shirt this year. <laughs> oh my God. Years. <laughs> I had something, I had something so different in mind, but now that's screaming in the back of my oh brain. My God. Uh, okay, I don't know. We're gonna discuss this in the after dark. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, um, but yeah, so that's 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 something that's happening. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't think it'll be anything new, like any new announcements, but could still be some fun stuff uh, to throw in the news as we go along. Yeah. Um. So the next uh, pieces of news are two very quick ones. 
they are uh, two uh, more updates on the uh, continuing MonsterVerse. Uh, one is the first uh, picture from the Monarch show that was officially released on every platform that Legendary has. Um, and then the next one is just a fun little little thing that was caught on set for uh, <laughs> Origins or whatever you want to call the fifth MonsterVerse film. Um, so the, uh, the Monarch show image, uh, it's not much. But what it basically shows kind of confirms a lot of plot details, actually, that we thought that were like kind of like just learned from like set footage and such. Um, so it shows like a really worn like bag uh, that has the Monarch logo on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely it's definitely old. It's definitely like worn down. Uh, it's like it looks like a it's like a drab green like military bag color. Um, and then uh, there's a bunch of photos uh, which are purposefully uh just blurry enough that we can't see what they are of and then uh there's a uh some sort of cd that has some font on it that you still can't read um and essentially what this does tell us or confirm for us uh for the most part is the split timeline uh theory for the show uh in the sense that some of this will be taking place in the 50s and some of the show will be taking place in the modern time um, so I'm assuming whoever this is or whoever finds this bag in the modern times finds all the footage and all the like details of Godzilla's, uh, bombing back in 1954. Um, mm. some of the, some of the photos above the bag look similar to like cave paintings, uh, which of course is very in line with what Monarch was discovering back in the fifties. Um, so I, I, I'm imagining that. The story is going to be as follows. Godzilla is going to show up, attack in 2014. We're going to be with our 2014 folks. They're going to find some stuff. We're going to flash back to the 50s to see <laughs> uh, to see uh, Wyatt Russell playing uh, Kurt Russell's character as a as a young boy, um, <laughs> and uh, like you know studying Godzilla. Probably going to end with the show nuking him in the past scenes, uh, and then f- go forward to the future to where we see Godzilla. Doing whatever he's going to be doing in this show, uh, in the modern style, modern, modern timeline. Um, that's just my theory for like <laughs> what, how the show's going to play out. However, like I said, this this old bag is very, very definitively old, and like even the photos are from like old times. There's like actually like some like they have got a lot of wear and tear on the other out there yeah. photos. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh. The show is uh, moving full steam ahead with filming. Um, it is uh, uh, Robin Cameron talked about it last time, but there's yeah. a new director for the next set of episodes, uh, as per usual with the TV show. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, also Matt Shockman is moving on to do Fantastic Four, so he's a little busy. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the next thing is really really fun. Uh, so yeah. So we we got a photo of someone setting up for a scene uh, using the outside of a building, um, and they labeled it the Monarch K through 12 Base School. Um, doesn't tell us any plot details, but that's really really fun. Uh, if you don't know, most military bases will have specific schools for like elementary all the way through high school that will be you know set up on the bases that are in like foreign countries and such so yeah. that usually most of the time the kids will go to the base schools instead of going to like a japanese elementary school or whatever most of the time yeah um so this school i would assume this is once again just me pulling from the cast that we know 
I'm guessing Gia is going to be enrolled in this school at the beginning of the film. So like whatever, wherever this monarch base is, it could be down in the hall of earth for all we know, <laughs> uh, where, wherever this monarch base is, or this school is, I think G is going to be enrolled there. It's going to be at the beginning of the movie Yeah. before all the stuff goes down and then she's going to be taken out and, you know, follow along with everybody, um, to calm, calm down or communicate with them or whatever she's going to be needed for. Um, Unfortunately, I, I, I would like to say I, I I don't necessarily want Millie Bobby Brown in the new sequel, but I just don't – we just haven't had any knowledge that she's going to be there. Yeah. So I can't really say if like, oh, she'll be going there too or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, but still, I mean it's just a fun little image. It's cool to see like some good world building like that. I yeah. Think it's always fun. Um which for the most part was a little lacking from uh, from GBK. So, <laughs> yeah, the only in uh, <laughs> all it was like purely world destruction in GVK. Any new element they added simply just uh, baffled and broke physics, <laughs> reality. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So the last piece of news before we take our break before going on to the movie. Um. Spiral Studio, uh, the studio uh, that makes all those amazing like three thousand dollar statues that no one could ever buy. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing to look at. Um, you, they're you specifically named the because I just sent you the image. Yeah, and then you specifically in the in the text of the news articles because you you break them down in like little like bullet points so we don't miss anything. Yeah, hopefully, uh, uh, is a a G ninety eight expensive statue from Spiral, <laughs> and I was like expensive. Well, there wasn't a price tag on there. Let me go look at the rest of the stuff they've made. <laughs> Behemoth, uh, uh, five hundred and sixty nine dollars. Queen Muto, $469. Really land to that $69. Uh, Marvra, Marv, ah, Mothra Larva, uh, $399. Burning Godzilla with Wings, Deluxe Edition, $2,000. Yeah, that's the amazing, uh, the amazing the Matt Frank Godzilla one. statue with the, with, yeah, the Matt Frank art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They do. Their statues are really nice. Like these are top <laughs> of the line. Extremely good. Like, if you had the money for it, like these would be the statues to get. Um, but anyway, they're doing a G ninety eight statue, and uh, the teaser image that they gave us is really cool. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, with Zilla's kind of raise and uh, rise in popularity lately, um, I'm not surprised that they're doing it. Uh, Zilla's had kind of a a resurgence, if you will, in the past, uh, <laughs> ah. which I forgot to joke about. I mean, everybody's making the joke, but I'll make it too. Well, you know, if uh, Legendary teams up with Sony, maybe we should get um, uh, oh, Zilla and the Monsterverse. <laughs> it's really, I, it is kind of interesting, which, like, which, you know, uh, that would be a good mic check question, uh, is like, <laughs> what, like, you know, what crossovers would you like to see based off of if they joined Sony or... Sony or- uh, Paramount. So, so Paramount, we do get Fast and Furious crossover in the MonsterVerse. We also get no Fast and Furious is Universal. Is it Universal? Yeah, oh universal. God, you're right. I guess uh, I just you know what we do get. We get Sonic the Hedgehog oh, and Transformers. Shit. Oh <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Power Rangers. And Power Rangers. Rangers. Ooh, uh, yeah. Uh, Hasbro has their deal with Paramount, so. Um, so yeah. <laughs> well, man. Well, I'm swinging for Paramount because the only oh. thing we got with Sony is Spider-Man, which, yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that's it's just a cool like thing. Uh, they're they're going on a little break, so they're not releasing any more information about the statue till November. Yeah. Uh, but it was a cool little tease. Uh, Rob is the one that posted it in the chat. I saw it. and I was like, I don't know if I want to talk about this. And then Rob posted it. I was like, all right, we'll talk. About it. <laughs> Listen, if it's Zilla news, you know I'm going to post about it. You know I'm going to throw it into that business chat. <laughs> um. Always yeah. here for my boy Zilla. So good stuff. Uh, oh, uh, very quickly, uh, I did. Okay, so I posted. Uh, Singular Point won a award uh, for for outstanding uh, animation uh, in Japan. I can't remember what what uh, what award specific thing it was in, but I shared it on Twitter. Uh, the important thing about this is that. We didn't get a season two announcement, but like literally like every comment from American people or Japanese people in that th- Twitter chain of the award announcement, we're all <laughs> like, we're season two. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, I'm sure they know that we all want season two. I don't know if it's going to happen, although I have heard rumors that we are going to hear something very, very soon uh, of at least an announcement for it. Um, but uh, we will see. Uh. So anyway, uh, Rob. Want to take us into a break so we can talk about Dogra when we come back? Absolutely. After these messages, we'll be right back. The monster will destroy us all. Prehistoric monster. The monster will destroy us all. Sure, look at that monster. The monster will destroy us all. Prehistoric monster. The monster. This monster, you'll see. You think your bombs will stop him? And we are back to talk about. Dogura, the space monster. Uh, so I want to start us off by saying something. <laughs> um, and when I when it's like when it's Rob month and like I I know I'm gonna have to do like the plot synopsis. Uh, I've gotten so into the habit of writing down like a plot breakdown sure. where I try and be funny and goofy, but mostly because like man, I've got so many movies in my head now i don't like i can't catalog like i feel like when we started i could just like repeat the plot back <laughs> i could just like tell the, the story yeah now if i don't write down like a little like script for myself I, I tend to like forget little details or things i think are funny sure um so i watch the movie and then I, I usually take a little break and then I start writing the script and I put the movie on in the background to like make sure I'm getting like plot elements correct. I'm just kind of like skipping around to like, okay, and then this happens, this happens. Um, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. When I first watched the movie, I, I walked away really positive. I was like, wow, that was fun. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, yeah, it's a heist movie, but like, I love the special effects with Dagra and I, you know, I, I just had, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, in the process of writing the notes for the movie and consistently going back to be like, wait, what? No, wait, 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 what? That was what was happening? Wait, 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 hold on. No, 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 no. hold on, hold on. Uh, as I was writing this, I actually started to like the movie less. The more I paid attention to yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Um. That being said, shall we do the plot? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> space the final frontier for trash that is the electric wave laboratory has launched tons of satellites into space 
But for some reason, they all keep colliding with some kind of massive ectoplasmic space cell of some variety. Some might call it a space amoeba <laughs> of some sort. Oh, I've got, don't worry, I that joke is written in here. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to keep making it, so. <laughs> I, it, you'll see. Whoa, that's wild. Anyway, let's talk about a diamond heist. <laughs> a band of villainous diamond thieves are breaking into a local jewelry store. Their driver, the only female member of the team, is waiting outside sexily in her legally parked car and being harassed by some local cops. <laughs> a cab. Don't worry, though, because the neighborhood drunk casually floats by and distracts them. Whoa, does that have something to do with the space cells we heard about earlier? Maybe, because it looks like some kind of space amoeba is <laughs> chewing its way into the vault that the thieves were trying to break into. Yikes! I wonder if this has anything to do with the sudden uptick in global diamond thievery. That's right. A, a string of diamond heists have been happening all across the world, and Inspector Komai is on the case. His investigation leads him to the house of one Dr. <laughs> Munitaka, a crystallologist who makes fake diamonds in his free time. So clearly he has something to do with the theft? Wow, this detective sucks! Anyway, some white guy named Mark Jackson is hiding just off frame and easily bests the investigator with one Japanese karate chop. I'm doing finger quotes, you can't see it, but I'm doing finger quotes while I say that. Good lord, this detective is the worst! Mark steals the good doctor's fake diamonds and tries to sell them to the thieves from earlier, hoping to gain their trust. But oh no! They instantly recognize that they're fake and put him under the criminal version of citizen's arrest. Kidnapping! Don't worry, though, because Mark easily walks out of his new prison with a few quick karate chops. Anyway, the inspector meets uh, with, uh, with with Masayo, Masayo? Uh, the Diamond Doctor's attractive lab assistant. Wait, did I say attractive? I meant coal-covered popper, as she's revealed to have been raised next to a coal plant, and our investigator instantly loses all attraction for her. Yep. Hey, wasn't this a giant monster movie? Oh, right! Suddenly, a space tornado hoovers up all the coal in Masato's neighborhood, <laughs> wreaking <laughs> devastation on the humble, yet ultimately filthy, home <laughs> hometown. Anyway, let's get back to that heist movie. Mark and Komai play hide-and-seek in an apartment, and it's very cute. So they celebrate with, with some drinks. Ah, shucks, Mark. You're not the diamond thief, right? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> nearby, a truck is delivering a crate of uncut diamonds, and our thieves have a new plan. Steal them by having their lady member play dead in the road. Jackpot. Let's see. <laughs> Let's steal these diamonds. Oh, wait. These were also fake? Man, how many times can they use this one plot point? Oh, right, the space cells. I keep forgetting that this is a giant monster movie. Anyway, a coal truck happens to be driving by at the exact same moment, and it also gets sucked up into the air by an unseen force, confirming that the diamonds were fake. Komai tries to explain this to his chief, that all the, all the diamond thefts across the world are in fact caused by a giant monster, using photographic evidence from an American newspaper. However, he says, but this just doesn't count as proof, so everyone laughs at his giant monster theory. In the middle of all this, they get a telephone call from Maseo uh, that Mark is drinking, quote, Japanese tea at the doctor's house. Let's get him! <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, 
he works for a diamond insurance company as a diamond G-man. Also, he has a fake ID just because it's the thing to do when you're visiting Japan. He lets them know that the thieves are ch uh, they're chasing are definitely not related to the giant coal-sucking vortex that's been sucking up diamonds all over the world. Who would have thought? <laughs> as they're as they're talking, uh, as they're talking with Mark and Munakata, uh, a glowing space amoeba flies into the room, chewing its way through the doctor's vault and eating the diamonds right in front of them. That's right. The diamond thief was the real giant monster all along. <laughs> Dagra, uh, as the beast has been named for some reason, is now a worldwide threat. Uh, and we learned that it was created by radiation in the atmosphere above Japan, act uh, interacting with space cells, which are not really fully explained. <laughs> it's the same space cells that create space Godzilla. <laughs> oh, maybe. Um, uh, uh, Munakata, seeing the uh, seeing that one of the last major coal mines that hasn't been attacked by Dagra is located in Kyushu, sets off to study the monster. And Mark is hot on his trail. And the lady thief is hot on Mark's trail. And Komai is hot on her trail. Sure enough, Dagra attempts to suck up the Kyushu mine, only get only to get a mouthful of bees, not the bees. <laughs> Also, somehow he looks like a jellyfish for some reason. He's a jellyfish now. It's cool. I do like his look. But um... I do like his look. We'll talk about that. But I'm just <laughs> saying. He's a jellyfish now, even though he wasn't before. <laughs> and, he, and he isn't any time after this scene. No, because they <laughs> shoot him with a gun, and then he turns back into floating space, space amoebas. amoebas. <laughs> That's right. Bees are flying up high into the air, totally owning Dagra, turning his space cells into normal rocks. Wow. Anyway, this movie is a diamond heist movie, right? So let's get back to that plot. Komai corners Mark in his hotel room and bests him in a judo match. No time to chat, fellas. There's a giant monster butting its way into our heist movie. A giant, a giant pale tentacles unfurl from the sky as Dog reveals its full true form and attacks Kyushu to get revenge for being stung earlier. The military tries its best to attack the creature, but man, but only manages to. <laughs> Uh, but it still manages to suck up almost all the coal from the mine. After blasting the beast with enough shells, Dagra explodes into tiny space amoeba that managed to spread across the entire world in a montage that we don't get to see. Then, off camera, our heroes manage to make their way into the Kyushu mine and find that it's filled with wasps! And so it turns out that wasp toxin can cure radiation poisoning from the space cells, turning them back into normal space rocks. Cool! <laughs> <laughs> Another 15 minutes of diamond heist shenanigans happen where the lady briefly betrays her partners by stealing the only diamonds left and Komai gets tied to a bomb and has to set himself and Mark free by shooting behind his back uh, to uh, break a handcuff. It's a, a you know, action-packed scene. Uh, anyway. Might actually be my least favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pick a least favorite moment. I have, I have a bunch of them. So. <laughs> uh, our heroes catch up to the diamond lady just in time to have a daring shootout between the, uh, the diamond thieves on a beautiful private beach. Wow. This is crazy. How could they possibly re resolve these two unrelated plots? Why? By having Dogra just show up above the private beach <laughs> where he can get sprayed with wasp poison. Of course, now we get <laughs> Now we can get this diamond story wrapped up by crushing the thieves under an avalanche of juicy wasp rocks. The end. 
Oh, that was good. That was good. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay. Rob said it. I've joked about it. I'm just going to address this here. This is one of the movies I had never seen. One of the Toho movies I had never seen before. Yeah. Just like Space Amoeba was also another giant monster movie from Toho that I'd never seen. If I had watched this movie without knowing Space Amoeba existed and read the title Space Amoeba at a later time in my life, <laughs> I would think they were referring to this movie. Uh, and, and what's funny is, is one of our seen first... Space Amoeba... <laughs> One I of the think first Space comments make any sense. <laughs> I need to stress one of the first comments we ever got on TokyoLives.com was someone correcting you yes. on Dogra versus Space Amoeba. Yes, because I thought they were the same movie. <laughs> Multiple times throughout this, there is a small, like fist-sized, glowing paramecium yes. that flies onto a bank vault or metal and eats its way through it to eat diamonds. Yes. Multiple times. Yes. <laughs> Not once in Space Amoeba do we see a weird glowing amoeba thing other than when I think the guy gets taken we over. We see some sparkles. There's yeah, a little sparkle little sparkles. thing around him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you were to say one of these is a Space Amoeba, it would probably be Dogra. <laughs> However, Dogra's practical form when it like fuses together when it when it becomes not a single cell organism yeah the single cell organisms fuse together to become a multi-cell organism that is the big jellyfish yes (laughs) i get it (laughs) which i mean that's cool i do love that monster i hate i hate what it turns back into because it gets shot enough yeah (laughs) um but uh it's just gonna it that like having seen them both now and number one Loving Space Amoeba, hating this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I I really just like just get wartime flashbacks every time I think of it back <laughs> to the comment and me having to like apologize. And now I'm just like, I was wrong, but also <laughs> <sighs> in a way I was right, and that makes me angry. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, okay, so this movie has, um, it has an A plot problem for a monster movie that is the B plot. Yeah. Um, the, the, when you're not paying attention, you can actually see how they're related in like a fun kind of like campy way, but like, boy, oh boy, when you're actually trying to dissect the plot and like understand it, it just seems like the connections happen off screen specifically the two moments where it's like, yep, we found a bunch of, okay. The bees look exactly like coal flying into the yes. monster's mouth. Yes. And then they just off camera go, by the way, we found some wasps. Um, so the two plots don't really feel like they intersect in a meaningful way. No. And because they're just kind of bouncing off each other, it, it kind of seems like, wh- yeah. How, why did you write a, a special effects movie for a diamond heist movie, you know? Yeah. Especially because, well, I mean, and the worst part of it for me is, is that like, I've dealt with movies like Kaiju movies like this that have a, a plot that barely connects to the B plot, which is the monster plot, which is the B plot. I, I, I've watched those movies and some of them I enjoy, but this one, I think that the A plot, the the diamond heist section of this movie, is just not very well done. No. Like, it's really confusing. Well, it like, seems I still like... don't know. Is Mark Jackson a, uh, a, like an actual diamond like 
Like, is he a good guy? Is he uh, a thief? Like, I the think... movie can't make up its mind all the way to the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, is he lying? Is he not? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what's happening? I, I thought, I, I, my interpretation is that he was telling the truth, but, like, I don't know. I mean, because, like, he, <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to tell because it's a convoluted plot that is really not like the diamond heist plot is what everything is supposed to hinge on. Yes. And it's so slapdash. It's childish. It's very yes. much like this feels like it was a movie made for, like a diamond heist movie for kids. Where it's just very slapstick and goofy. There's like the guy, the safe cracker who's got like the goofy, like laugh and bad teeth. And he eats like the candy at one point, you know? Yes. So it feels like this is supposed to be a kid's movie. But then you get to the dogger sequences and it's these horrifying, like, city mm-hmm. destruction sequences. I mean, I say horrifying, extremely cool looking, but, you know, <laughs> traumatic uh, destruction right. scenes. So then it's like, it just feels like it's it's too convoluted. And for yeah. this to be something that, you know, came after, like, 54 <laughs> <laughs> to, to this it's like i know i know that the writers i know that like honda can make a story that is like cohesive mm-hmm. and says something so i'm like what's happening here yeah what is this <laughs> um yeah i mean it's, it's this is final thoughts but uh yeah. yeah i know i know i i just i felt like number one i had to address the space amoeba thing early because i'm still <laughs> gonna make reference to it all the way through the end of this episode but i i just had to address it number two yeah like i i just wanted to bring it up that these plots are just, I mean, I mean, it's just, yeah, the, the a plot is just not very well written. And then the, the monster plot is fun, but it just, it's such a B plot. Like it's so <laughs> little of the screen time of this entire movie that like, even the fun stuff is just not fun for long. Um, and I know we're both going to pick giant monster sections for the, for our favorite yeah, moments. Because the second. visual effects are <laughs> awesome. Yes. They're very so, cool. <laughs> Speaking of the monster, let's head straight into creature design for yeah. Dogra or Dagra, actually. He has gone by both. Oh. Uh, uh, the American version and the Japanese version. Have you guys had uh, Pop Rocks in the last few years? <laughs> there you go. That's it. So, okay. So his amoeba <laughs> form yes. is basically just this blue, like really bright blue blob. Yes. Uh, that has a lot of little bubbles on the inside it's of it. It's kind of like... Um... You know, like the the paint and oil on water transition sequences they use yes. in a lot of those trippy '70s movies, but also like in a Ultraman, lot of Ultraman, like the yeah. swirling and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's very Ultraman, and it's very clearly this pulsating single cell organism, yes. an amoeba, <laughs> uh, an, an amoeba, uh, an amoeba from space. Uh, <laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the form you, uh, uh, unfortunately, and there's see a reason the for this, which I'll, I'll, I'll get to why, but the, the, that is the form we see the most is just these little pulsating little cells. Yeah. Um, they, when they get killed, uh, turn into what I would, I, like, I, I kept thinking of two things, uh, Fruity aquarium pebbles. rocks. Oh yeah. And nerds like nerd candy. Yeah. Like those, those are both the two things accurate, that yeah. I thought of. Because they're these weird, just multicolored pebbles. Yeah. Blue, red, green, and I think yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow Uh, is what they turn back into. So they just turn into these giant, but clearly small rocks. Yeah. um, That they drop on the sets (laughs) 
to to do some fun destruction, but yeah. uh, and and crush the the villains at the end. Yeah. Uh, even though that one was hilariously goofy, <laughs> but um, so that's that's their death look when they're yeah. dead. Uh, from wasp venom when they get killed by wasp venom because that's what they die from, um, and then we get to the to the form that most people know when the name Dogra is said, which is the giant jellyfish uh, that's in the sky. Which is sick. It's so cool. It's very cool. Um, it's awesome because it's what they've done is how they filmed it is it's like in water. And what they're doing is they're like, you know, there's strings attached to its arms and it's like uh, various parts of its torso. So they're twitching and pulling it through the sky and it's behind it is this big cloud of like, you know, food coloring dye that they've dropped into the water. And then they've taken that footage and they've spliced it over miniature set. So it's just so sick, and it's this. It's very cool. It's it's it very really, iconic. It's a it's a it's a jellyfish. It is a yeah. big skirt with kind of like you know like a like a you know bed sheet over like a person, right? Uh-huh. With like little tiny cones towards the top of its head, and mm-hmm. then its undersection has uh, I think it's just two really or four really long tendril yeah. arms with like these little tiny grabby fingers at the very tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this ghostly white translucent thing that kind of moves around in this cloud that comes with it. Every time it descends into the world, it brings this like gaseous space cloud with it. Yes. Really cool. Extremely cool design. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so, it's so creepy because it's like, you know, it's most of the giant monsters we see have so much gravity to them. You know, mm-hmm. there are these big massive creatures kind of you know stomping through things and they're destructive because they're so heavy this thing is gently delicately floating in the sky and its Mm -hmm. arms kind of drift down and then wrap around things and then it incredibly with an impossible strength rips things out of the ground yeah so it just looks oh it's so cool um, and, uh, just, so a couple things, uh, wh- one of the reasons why we didn't see the jellyfish as much, uh, is because, uh, the way they had it move was, uh, not just, not just strings, but also, um, they used air jets to oh. make it move. And so when they filmed the, the model, unfortunately you could see bubbles, in a lot of the shot. Oh no. So when they tried to impose it over the footage, you could see the bubbles just in the middle of the sky and it looked weird. And so they cut out a lot of the footage. Man. Uh, so there sucks. is a lot more of it. Uh, I would rather, I would rather have more of the, uh, of bubbles. I like, just be like, it's yeah, creating I... <laughs> mysterious waves of energy that look like bubbles. Just eh, whatever. <laughs> just dub it in. It doesn't matter. <sighs> oh, for sure. Um, so, uh, just another little Tokyo tidbit about the the uh, the creature. Uh, the creature has only appeared uh, a few other times. Very, very, very few other times. Uh, so, uh, obviously, uh, it shows up in this movie. And then uh, it showed up on the kids' show, Godzilla Island. Huh. Um, and then, of course, most famously and most recently, uh, it showed up in both the... Uh, the novelization and of course oh, the, yeah. the little opening for Godzilla Planet of Monsters. Yes. Uh, where Dogra was the second kaiju to appear on Earth. 
um, and it showed up over London. Yeah. Um, and uh, did some cool stuff uh, in the novelization. <laughs> uh, and they killed it the same way with Wasp Venom. Um, but yeah, still yeah. still very cool. Uh, and then the other appearance was as a boss on in the NES Godzilla game. Oh, that's uh, cool. It does show up for uh, for a, for a bit. Huh. Um, I would but, I would uh, be down for him showing up in Goji Bon, you know. Oh, <laughs> we technically missed a news item. Oh my gosh. Oh shoot, we did. That's a big one. We'll have to talk about it next time. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That, that'll be good. It's Godzilla. It'll be Godzilla episode. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> there's there's a there's a big there's a big thing coming to Goji Bon. Um, <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, so those are the only other appearances of Dogro. He's never shown up anywhere else. Um, but uh, anyway, so let's move into favorite, least favorite moments. Yeah. Um, so, okay. <laughs> so I think we could start favorite and I'll go first, even though technically your scene comes before mine, just because we've already kind of described it. Yeah. Um, I think nothing beats for me the 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 jellyfish sequence yeah. when it is in the air. Um, I, I, it's just such a, like you were saying, it's such an ethereal, like, it's, it's one of the first. It, we don't have any. Kind. We don't yeah. have any other kaiju like this in. Okay, well, I'll stop myself right there. There might be some Ultraman guys that are like this, sure. But in, you know, big Tokusatsu kaiju movies, and yes. very much at least here on Tokyo Lives, we've never seen anything quite like Dogura. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's it is by far. I mean, it's the it's the shot that I had seen before seeing this movie. Okay. Um, it's the iconic sequence for sure. Um, I, I just, I, yeah, it, it was a scene that like in the rest of this movie where I was kind of bored and looking at my phone for some of the human stuff, (laughs) like that scene I tuned in like, and your scene, your scene too. Your scene too is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just, it follows, (laughs) here's the thing with Dogra as a movie, uh, and it's kind of final thoughts, but I think it fits here when talking about this moment. I, I, Dogra is the very definition of what Rob always says, where Toho blows up stuff good. Yeah. That's what they do good. The if other you stuff give, is questionable. If you give Toho <laughs> a building and a stick, of, a stick of dynamite, they cannot fail. Yes. <laughs> um, so with, with this ethereal moment with the jellyfish and Rob's scene that he's about to talk about in a second, I think that's when you see the height of Toho special effects coming in. Yes. Uh, and actually showing off what they can do. And that's when this movie is at its best, for sure, uh, for me. Uh, yeah. So, Rob, talk about your scene. I uh, 100% agree. And mine mine happens uh, probably like a, a third of the way in through the movie. We've had, like, you know, the space movie ate its way through a cell. You know, there's been, like, some weird stuff happening, but nothing on a massive scale. And the sequence that I really love, the thing that just like I immediately like shook me because I was watching the movie. I was having fun just, you know, like, I mean, like watching like a music video almost, you know, where it's just like bad voice acting. And like, you know, I wasn't really like super like plot intensive the first watch through. But as soon as this sequence happened, I was like, I was zeroed in. So, uh, Dogra or Dogra doesn't show up. Um, but instead, there's this like we're at the like you know big coal mining facility, and we have our main character talking to his love interest, and she's like, 
oh yeah, actually, I grew up poor, and then I used to run around in these coal planes every day for fun, and my dad would yell at me. And I was like, Pops, I cut the black lung. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was, I was, I was tuned back in for that because I thought that was funny. And I was not expecting there to be any monster stuff at this point. I was right. fully zeroed out. And all of a sudden, from, they start hearing this like noise, this whistling high pitched like bird or like bug noise. And then uh, up above the sky, they get these like, this weird, aurora borealis color this like fading like sky and what they're doing is they're like filming in water and dropping like uh green and yellow and like yeah. blue food dye and letting it sink into the water and then they film that and they're projecting that in the sky over this big coal mine and all of a sudden the like huge chunks of coal start sucking up into the air cranes machinery they're all just getting ripped up from the ground and into this like multicolored vortex mm -hmm. that's slowly falling from the sky yeah uh and what they're doing is they're reversing footage of dr like pouring coal down yeah, yeah and yeah, one yeah. of the things that's really cool about it is like they had uh, must have had some kind of release mechanism that was spinning in a circle because all the coal that's sucking up is sucking you know in a spiral yeah very tornado yeah yeah and so yeah. it's just Oh man, it just like this the the practical effect of all these like all this you know cranes and all this machinery just bending and twisting and ripping into the sky and then the coal sucking up with it yeah. is just like oh that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh really had fun with it and like un like trying to piece together how they made this each of the special effects and like how they layered it. The composite yeah. shot is so good it's so oh, for good. sure yeah it's 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 so much fun um and again really really creepy stuff uh a thing you cannot see you know it's very like uh you know uh <laughs> weirdly enough you guys just covered nope and then we have like you oh know, yeah no it's very nope yeah. yeah very much like yeah the the same kind of thing less sure. less people in inside the monster screaming i did see a clip of the the movie oh, no. i'm glad i didn't <laughs> see the whole movie you saw that you saw the one scene that would have uh, made rob upset i saw the horse head <laughs> i saw the dissolved horse head scene uh mm. when the lady gets sucked up into the folds uh -huh. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, when they get when they get eaten when they yeah, first get sucked up. I didn't see I didn't see any more than that. I was like, I'm good. Oh, you didn't see the uh, the blood the blood no, rain when it drops all the bodies I, onto the house. I listened to the episode y'all did about it. Uh, I did not see that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good it's a very good sequence. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I I mean, it's like like we've said, Toho blows up stuff real good. Like it's it's some really clever. Uh, like usage of like we've got these models, we want to show this effect. How can we do it? And yeah. they come up with a fun way to yeah. do it. And I think that's that's yeah, that's it's they fantastic. use it's all the practical like in camera effects, like all the tricks in the trade at the time mixed yeah. together in one movie, and that was really cool to see. No, for sure, hundred uh, percent. But boy, oh boy, there's oh boy, <laughs> where. Where where cometh uh, pride, there must cometh a fall, and uh, unfortunately, this movie falls on its face a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so here we are, least favorite moments. Um, <sighs> I, 
okay, I want to say the whole rest of the movie, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve myself here. I'll save that for later. That's your final uh, thought, yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, I do think. I do think that the character relationship between the detective, the goofy, stupid, awful detective. Komai, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jackson, the American, Mark. is <laughs> so stupid. And I think the I reason... Know, I know what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a tit-for-tat kind of like yes. two super geniuses outsmarting. Two, like, you know, but they're both, like, kind of shitty. <laughs> like and they're both very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So it just doesn't work out, but it's the specific scene that I want to call out because I hate that their relationship is the dynamite sequence uh, where they they both get caught by the, the oh. villain, uh, jewel thieves <laughs> and they get uh, handcuffed to like different things. And the thieves like set up like literally like. A Batman-esque. Yeah, like I was 1960s thinking, Batman. Absolutely. Yeah, like there's literally a, a fuse that's going to different strings of dynamite, you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'll use my gun to shoot out the heck. Like, it, number one, it's really goofy and doesn't really fit with the tone of the rest of the human story. Number two, uh, it's just, it takes too long. Like, it's, it's really dumb. Like, they like... Yeah. They like did it. They there was like four sticks of dynamite, I think. So they do the same like joke like four times in a row well, within it's, like a five minute sequence. Well, it's because like, there's the whole sequence where he like has to slowly squeeze out, and they filmed every second of him getting out of the rope bind, and yes. then kicking the gun over, and then he has to crawl over to the gun, and then he picks up the. Gun, and none of this is like action pacing. It's all no. like. It's not even tension pacing. It's just kind of like recorded, you know? They recorded the whole thing right. of him climbing out of the chair, and <laughs> Shirohana was like, I love every minute of this. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of scenes. I feel like every time the human scenes come on, it, it has that same feel for me. Mm-hmm. I uh, I agree, but I have another, I have a different least favorite moment. Um, yeah, I, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I if that's just me trying to like, trying to find a very specific, specific one that like one. made yeah. me roll my eyes. Um, Cause a lot of the rest of it, I just didn't even pay attention to because it was just so bad. <laughs> uh, I do also have to specify. We did watch the dub, not the subs. Uh, that's the only we version watched we could. What was available. Hey, by the way, shout out to archive once more. Yeah. Uh, when, when a movie is dead, lost and buried because a company stopped wanting to stream it or sell it. Yep. Uh, there's, there's some heroes on the internet still. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um yeah what's your what's yours rob uh mine is i think a little bit i can't remember context wise was that after or before this i think it's before um but literally the sequence where they like right after they blast they they kill the coolest effect in the movie they shoot the the like jellyfish form dogra enough that it explodes into a bunch of little like floating space rocks. And then you have two back-to-back sequences where the giant monster movie was totally unimportant. Uh, Oh my gosh, Dogger is everywhere and he's eating up all of the uh, coal all across the world. That's a little paper spin right towards camera. And then Dogger went all over the world and started eating coal everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then 
the immediately afterwards, two characters come in from a room. They're like, yep, there were wasps in there. Um, it feels like the movie was just like, there are some sequences where it's just like, let's stretch this out. Let's make this a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then anytime you could have had an interesting location or interesting shots that weren't like the Kyushu stuff, like we yeah. could have seen them make miniatures all over. Like, you know, like I want to see Toho America. I want, or like, you know, Mount Rushmore getting sucked up or something. And like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like it's in France or whatever. Yeah. You know, like just go all in, you know, they did it for destroy all monsters. Why not do it here? Um, <laughs> And just have it like, you know, sucking up coal all around the world and then be like, my God, when we shot it, we uh, we goofed up, you know, that was a bad thing we did. And then yeah, instead, I mean, it's just like, whoop, it's done. Would have been, it would have been it would have been interesting, too, because it, it would have fallen into a, a category that we've kind of talked about uh, as a like maybe on the fringy of like a giant monster, but as a swarm where yeah. it's like, they all have a same, like same mindset kind of a thing. Yeah. So technically like, even though it's like multiple things. Yeah. Now Dogura is like literally everywhere. Like yeah. that's, that's cool. That's an interesting idea and an interesting threat. Yeah. And then um, it's literally just like, uh, yeah, it's wasps. And then we start. Pre- it's literally the, that five, that like minute and a half of screen time. So much lore happens. Mm hmm. And they don't show it. They just tell you. And it is, yeah. it's just like, that's like one of the things that like, when I was rewriting all the plotting stuff, there were like moments where I was kind of confused by things or I was like, whoa, wow, that was just like a throwaway line. And then like, it's like 15 minutes of people talking about something that is utterly unimportant, you know, <laughs> like the right. diamond high stuff is ultimately not important, really. No, it isn't. Yeah. And like, you know, the grand scheme of things, like I don't I I have such a hard time following it. I've literally watched the movie twice. I've read the wiki. I'm still not entirely sure I have a hundred percent of an understanding of what was happening at any given time. Uh it, but this, yeah, that sequence just feels so like so tell don't show that it like it irked yeah. me. And it's, I think it might have irked me more because when I first watched the movie, I was just kind of like, yeah, wasps, they, oh yeah, they know wasps can like uh, poison it. But I didn't remember why, how they discovered that. I remember bees were mm-hmm. flying up there and they're like, why are bees attacking Dagra? Anyway, and then <laughs> the very next scene I remember them talking about it was like, and then we made wasp poison for the whole world. <laughs> I was like, What? Um, so it's just yeah. like, it's uh, like a throwaway moment that in like any other B movie, you know, not even like, sorry, <laughs> buzzing. I mean, like a fifties, like them or black scorpion would have been a whole sequence, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. so yeah, that bothered me a lot. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I get that. And I totally agree. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> um, uh, God. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get more into that in final thoughts because yeah. I it's it's more specific. Um, so yeah, so let's keep on moving. So we already kind of talked about it, but uh, cinematography, special effects. So once again, uh, when the special effects are doing what Toho does best, they're amazing. It is they're great. Fundamentally, um, like I want to see more kaiju movies like this. Yes, you know, I wish we had more from this era that were slow, mysterious monsters. Yes. Um, it because it's it's just so visually stunning, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. Uh, the human stuff is, however, 
shot either like competently but not interestingly mm-hmm. uh and in some scenes like they literally have a segment where they green screen are uh the di- like the uh comey the gal and like the <laughs> the general standing in front of a bridge yeah and it's like just just go somewhere just, just shoot like, in front of a bridge yeah why did why did you <laughs> and it was it just like stood out to me because it's like I mean, maybe it's like it was actually in like uh, uh, Kyushu, yeah, uh-huh. Q, uh, Kyushu, and uh-huh. so maybe like it was supposed to be like a landmark that you recognize, but they didn't want to drive the whole film crew out that day. <laughs> uh, so I was like, just put it in front of trees; it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? right? Because like the green screen stood out. <laughs> no, it did. Uh, uh, yeah, there's some also there's some really bad green screen throughout this movie. Uh, yes. I mean, obviously the. I kind yeah, of I kind of joked time, about it already. You know? Yeah, but, I mean, I kind of joked about it already. But the uh, the get it, them getting squished by the uh, the rock is oh, is the really ending. silly looking. Yeah, it's uh, very goofy. Yeah, um, kind of happens out of nowhere too. Like it's just kind of like I mean, you know, you see it coming. Yeah, but also it's like it's just kind of like it's like we got to wrap this movie up. They, yeah, it's, they, and it's kind of like <laughs> we've already killed the giant monster, so we need to finish the yeah. Human plot. Um, <laughs> It's it's yeah it's it's very silly but yeah it looks a little wonky with this with the special effects for sure yeah um and I don't I I don't dig that the defeated version of Dogra just looks like multicolored rocks, rocks. yeah you know uh Doesn't, yeah it's not interesting it's it, not visually interesting it, it I mean for, especially for like the the like the full the complete form looking so cool. You know, to go from yeah. that to then it's just like glowing rocks cheaply hanging on strings. It's like, oh, man. And kind of <laughs> hearing about how like the, you know, they just couldn't get the puppet to work. Yeah. Makes it a little bit more clear on why they did that. But it just breaks my heart because like the, yeah. the rest of the movie could have been Dogra, you know? No, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's disappointing. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't know if even seeing the jellyfish uh, form would have made up for the weird rocks. Just I, I think I think it's just very lazy. Just very like okay, so yeah. Instead, they could have been crushed things. by a giant tentacle falling down. You know? Whatever. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> something. Um, uh, for sound effects and uh and and uh music, uh, it's a Ifukube, uh, score. Yep. Um, it's not his best. That uh, you know, it's 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 still really really good. Um, it has the right amount of uh, creepiness to the score. You know, kind of mysterious, like what's going on. Yeah. Uh, music. Um, and then for the sound effects, I, I I have a couple of problems. We kind of already mentioned one. I think with the bees specifically, um, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a bee. So like whenever they whenever they're in the room and they hear the noise for the first time. They're like, oh my god, what's a bee doing up that far? I was like, if you had played that noise to me, and said I have to figure out what animal it is that's making the noise, I would not have said bee. Well, it just sounds like, like an electric buzz or hum. Yeah. Like it sounds like distortion on the mic. Yeah. It sounds like they have the gain all the way up. It doesn't sound like, you know, An a animal. bee. <laughs> and to make matters worse, when they they cut to the bees, 
it is the exact same effect as the coal flying right. up. They look no different. It's just so... black lumps. So it's like when you're if you're just watching it like a music video at first, because you're not paying too much attention to the plot because you're not watching it to write the script down. Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're like, oh, wh- where did that coal come from? What are they talking about? Why does it sound like buzzing? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's, Not it's that weird... I wanted them to go and make a million like B props or anything, but like even just like zooming in on like a B in the air, you know, and like, you know, right. Zzz, and just then... a singular, like, even if, yeah, even if it was just like, let's be with, as cheap with this as possible and just get like stock footage of a B flying. Like, yes. Okay. Like, cool. You've shown me what it is. Yeah. And now then I cut to it. the black yeah. stuff going up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's not not completely a sound effects thing, but it yeah, I, I do think that that is. There's little things like that throughout the movie that I just think are a little yeah, little little off, little I, wonky. I do like that. Uh, anytime uh, Dogger is doing something, there's a little a little theremin-y, you know, kind of sound. Oh yeah, that's yeah. always classic. That's fun. Very like sixties. Yeah, very um, very sixty sci-fi. Very yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I know it seems like we rushed through this episode, but uh, <laughs> final thoughts. Um, so okay, yeah. I mean, I've said a lot of it, but I'll I'll, I'll really really restate really it. Um, I was not really impressed by this one. I, I I watched it, and I was I was I was you know as I was watching it, I was like number one, the movie to or the monster stuff takes a really back, far back seat. Yes, which there's other monster movies that we've watched and covered, and I've liked them fine that do that. Yeah, but this one specifically, I think that the way that they try to tie the two plot lines through doesn't work like Correct. anytime they try to do it um because of that not only is the monster stuff like a, a like a b plot but like it just doesn't feel like it's necessary to even be there like it's almost like yeah the monster movie is like 25 percent of this movie and this movie would work as just a heist film without the monster stuff involved well so, well, I mean, it's not as a good one. Not as a good one. <laughs> yes. But as a heist film. As a as like, a complete movie, yes. The, it, yeah. it is a complete plot from A to A to B. Yeah. In that A plot, like there is a complete movie. It's not a good one, but it's there. <laughs> um, or at least an episode of a TV show, like a crime drama. Or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah. like, but then the giant monster stuff is just like so half-assed and so like kind of there. I just, it just wasn't there for me. Like, yeah, there's some great scenes. There's some good stuff with Dogra, like, you know, as the jellyfish, there's some good stuff like the coal mine sequence. Um, that is interesting and really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but I just think that overall, I walked away from this movie being like, <laughs> that was a weird movie and I don't think I liked it. Um, I, I personally would never recommend this to anyone. I feel like even the dub is just not fun enough to like be like a movie that I could be like, oh, it's so bad, it's funny. Like hmm. there's some there's so much just downtime with the heist plot that just doesn't have anything to it. Like it's not even fun. It's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I don't know. I walked away really disappointed with this one, which is weird because most of the other Toho movies that were kind of like in my like I never saw it. I've at least walked away being like, oh, yeah, that was OK. Or I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So this is the one that really hit me of just like, no, yeah, <laughs> this one, this one's not for me. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Um, mm. So I would not recommend it to anybody for me personally. But mm. 
that's my thoughts. Um, I I don't know. I I did really uh, earnestly. I did enjoy the first pass through this movie, um, because I was watching it like them. I was watching it like a mm-hmm. a fifties like sci fi movie. Um, but like, yeah, the plot wasn't really grabbing me. And I only really came in when like the voice acting would be really bad. Like I would, you know, come back in and be like, ha ha you know, I used a, and he, I thought you were a Japanese warrior or detective. How did he get a Japanese karate chop on you without you being able to counter it? You know, right. Little <laughs> moments like that where like, it was funny enough for me to, you know, like really like, so I was like, yeah, that's funny. This is a funny movie. And like the monster effects are really cool. Uh, the second viewing when I was trying to really like keep pace with the plot though, and mm-hmm. like really try and write down like a script for what I wanted to say story-wise, uh, it was just like constant, like, wait, what? The more I tried to pay attention to the movie, the more the movie utterly rejected me and my attention, <laughs> you know? Right. This feels like a theatrical length, bad episode of Ultra Q. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's- that's yeah. it. That's the actually. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it it, it feels like because sometimes in Ultra Q, there's just like a monster plot happening in the background that doesn't really sync up with our detective characters. They're just kind of there while things happen and play out around them. Yes, it feels like it 100 percent feels like he watched a few episodes of Ultra Q and was like, I bet I could make a movie like this. <laughs> and then he did, but didn't understand like didn't like spend the time to make a a, a human story with yes. monster elements, um, which is weird because once again, Ishiro Honda has done that in absolutely, the past yeah, and knows how to do it. So I mean, so... I wish I mean I can't like obviously I can't project myself into his psyche and understand what like what the thought was behind the making of this movie or anything like that, but it does kind of like confuse me that like you come off the heels of you know. Like all the directorial stuff up to this point, and Mothra this, versus Godzilla, yeah. Mothra, Rodan, yeah, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla, like I you know, those are all like, yeah, they all have good human plots, or not good, but well, human plots, concise, that, understandable concise. human yeah. plots, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Rodan specifically is like devastating in like its its human drama. You yes. know, like the the city, the scene. My favorite moment from when we covered Rodan. You know, yeah. And you, uh, have, you know, you have uh, Godzilla versus Mothra with the 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 egg plot and the greedy uh, <laughs> yes, the greedy bureaucrats. Yeah, and, what and that they means. sync and, really well. Yeah, they're a concise. They're a connected story. Yes, this feels like two like a, a, a two half baked ideas that kind of got put together then they didn't have the budget or they couldn't get the special effect to work for the full ultimate plot they wanted to have. So then the second, like the last third is just like the glowing space rocks again. Uh-huh. So it just feels like they struggled so much to make, they were just like, let's just get it done. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And while I, I don't think I'm as negative as, as you, when it comes to like, would I ever recommend this? Uh, I do recommend it with like a big old caveat. Uh, in that the the movie has moments where it is very funny with the dub, and then it has moments where it is very beautiful with its special effects. Its practical effects are just like, whoa, like stunning stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's just this delay where you have these like 10, 15 minute long segments where it's just like 
people in a room talking, but not about anything really connected to the monster. They're yeah. just like, we're going to do a heist. We're trying to stop those heists. Hey, I've got an idea for a heist. <laughs> and it, and they only ever rarely go like, yeah, the giant monster that's eating up all the diamonds, right? And then everyone goes, shut up. That's not what this movie's about. Get back to the plot. <laughs> um, it, Get it back just, to the diamonds. <laughs> you know, it, it, it feels yeah. like you could write a story where they are connected. Honestly, you might even be able to fix this in a, like, maybe in the movie at the the big, like, the dogger fight right so you make a a 50 minute long cut and you just redub everything you just remake the story stem to stern you know (laughs) and like make it mostly a giant monster movie and the heist is what leads to people understanding what the giant monster wants from the world done yeah yeah Uh, because it okay you know what it is you just said that it it kind of broke into my brain a little bit yeah i think i think what it is is that the heist should have been the inciting incident yes. for the scientist and the detective to investigate the planet the wide diamonds disappearing diamond planet wide. Yeah. So the, the heist with the criminals would have literally should have only been there for the beginning part. hundred percent. And then we never go back to them. <laughs> or if we do go back to them, we only go back to them at the end of the movie. Yes. When the detective does catch back up with them. Yes. And then we have them. We need uh, like Dagra is chasing them because they have the world's largest diamond or something. And it's like right. everywhere they go, the monster is chasing them and sucking up any carbon it can get. Right. You know, essentially. Make it a detective story akin yes. to uh, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, oh, Godzilla yeah. versus Mothra, mm-hmm. any of those ones that follow a detective <laughs> investigating something else while the monster stuff's going on. Yes. Do that. Don't make it a diamond heist movie first and then monster movie, not even second, but just kind mm-hmm. of as a as a side plot that doesn't even have anything to do with the diamond heist. So, 100%. Yeah, I fully yeah. agree. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is for me. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we have some really fun stuff coming up, though. Uh, so, Yeehaw. first uh, first up, we've got uh, the uh, Tokyo Signals, yeah. uh, which I might be a part of. I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but uh, <laughs> Rob has a good plan for it with or without me. What are we doing? Uh, we're going to be covering the Zillow Beast two-parter from uh, Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, I'm going to uh, be trying to do some fun stuff with that. Uh, we've got the Legal Geeks coming back on. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 known as uh, some of the experts in the laws of the Star <laughs> Wars universe, so I'm really excited to have them on for that because uh, it galactic is, law. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. They uh. They've done uh, uh several legal like you know ramifications and talks about like Kong, so I think they'll be really good to talk about the Zillow Beast and everything that happened there. Oh, there's yeah, there's uh, yeah, it's very. <laughs> very in tune with that for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's very much a King Kong story with a little Godzilla thrown in. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be very fun. I like I said, I'm gonna, I might, I might be on that episode because I've, I've really wanted to talk about that episode on the podcast for a while because yeah. uh, they're really, really fun and they're very <laughs> much just a love letter to to our franchises. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Clone Wars already, you know, the, the Star Wars already kind of has Mazer tanks, but like yeah. to see them actually fighting a giant Fine, monster. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very fun. Um, <laughs> and then to round out the end of the month, uh, we are doing uh, Godzilla 2000, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, 
It's the, uh, we're, if things we're... sound a little strange, or perhaps uh, something <laughs> major happens at the end of this month, yes. and we don't reference it, I'm gonna just say this: uh, I'm going. I have been tasked to be a temporary uncle because my partner's uh, brother and sister-in-law both happen to have work meetings happening at the exact same week. And they didn't know until very recently. Uh, so uh, Michelle and I will be uh, playing parent uh, for about a week and a half uh, towards the middle and end of this month. So we're recording the episode Godzilla 2000 early. Uh, and then uh, Kyle and Cameron, uh, maybe just Kyle, uh, will be doing the news. Uh, so the news at least will be up to date. But uh, the the episode, if, if anything major comes out and we literally just don't reference it, it's because we recorded uh, <laughs> three days from now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, sorry, something was crawling on my leg. So oh. I'm like freaking out trying, <laughs> trying to figure out what it was. Uh-oh. Um, anyway, uh, I think it was just like a little beetle or something, but oh, anyway, okay. um, <laughs> I just went like my legs were under my desk and all of a sudden <laughs> I feel something on the top of my leg and I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> bug month is over, Kyle, bug month is over. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, so I'll probably, I will probably just come in and do a news. So we'll record the, the episode. Yeah. Early. And then we'll, I'll, I'll come in at the end of the month before we release it. Oh, excuse me, release it and uh, come in with the news and be like, hey, here's what <laughs> happened. Because um, who knows with, with the news? You never know what we're going to be getting. Yeah, very uh, true. Right now. I mean, they could, they could, yeah, we could get some big MonsterVerse stuff out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, that Kong, that Kong Skull Island anime trailer is coming at some point. <laughs> uh, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm very excited to do Godzilla 2000. Uh, we're going to be doing the American version, uh, while also talking about the differences to the Japanese version. Uh, once again, it's one of those movies that there are big differences, um, but it's not enough of a difference to really do like both a, movies. Uh, yeah. To do like a versus yeah. or to do both movies. Um, so it's going to be fun to talk about though. Cause I mean, it is a big difference. The American edit is about 10 to 15 minutes shorter than the oh. Japanese, version, but it's a more concise edit. Mm. Um, and I actually think the dub surprisingly adds a lot to one character who's actually one of my favorite characters in the entire Godzilla franchise. Hey. Uh, so, uh, He's a lot of fun. Uh, most <laughs> most most people that have seen Godzilla 2000 know exactly the character I'm talking about, um, without me even saying his name. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to cover a Godzilla movie. It's been a while, um, and uh, as as we've hinted at, we do have some some Godzilla plans coming up very shortly oh, uh, in the next couple months uh, that are still still there. But uh, this will be fun to kind of give a little little taste of Godzilla before we get to <laughs> the rest of the year. Um, but time to do the bumps. Uh, so thank you to all of our patrons. We appreciate all your support and all the help it gives us to keep this podcast running. So thank you to behind, uh, behind the mask, 1313, C Stafford, Caleb Talley, Damon Noyes, Joe Jira, Jonathan BBQ nerd, Joshua, Melissa, uh, big Odillo, Jack butcher, Uis, Nathan towns, nugget coon, solid snake, William Kish, Jack Horowitz, Nicholas whale, Taylor Ward, Chris Britt, Eric Schuster, Joshua Lynch, and Oda. Once again, thank you guys so, so much for supporting us. We really do appreciate Yeehaw. it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you're enjoying all the cool like after darks and stuff like that. <laughs> um, as I said, uh, actually, I don't even know when I said it. I think I said it last night in the uh, roulette. So I actually need to say it again. Uh, so we are getting towards the end of the year, which means T-shirts are coming up. Uh, so for all those who are the $15 tier or who have been in the $15 tier uh, for two months before November, so you'd have to become in the $15 tier this month in yeah. order to get a T-shirt, um, I will message you around November, uh, try and get your your fancy T-shirt by uh, Christmas time, as always, um, and uh, it'll be good fun. And then we also have... Uh, I can go ahead and say it. We have fan month coming up in December yeah. and we're going to try something a little new. We're going to try reaching out to you guys a little earlier. That way at the, be- at the end of November, we will know exactly what we're doing for both episodes. Um, and we can go ahead and announce them just because, you know, holiday season coming up and yeah. we always caught up in that. And so <laughs> it gets a little complicated sometimes. So, um, so that's what we got going on as far as our patrons are concerned. If you want to join our, our patrons and supporting the cast, uh, if you go to patreon.com, you search Tokyo Lives, you'll find us very, very easily. Uh, Facebook, search Tokyo Lives, you'll find us. TokyoLivesPodcast.com is the website. At uh, Tokyo Lives Cast is our Twitter. As I always say, we are super active on our Twitter. That is where you will find all sorts of fun, like posts of fan art and all good stuff that we do. Um, but other than that... Um, I hope you enjoyed our episode <laughs> on Dogra. Yeah. Uh, the true space amoeba of the <laughs> Toho universe. And I will die on this hill. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't a great movie, but it was fun to fill in my Toho knowledge a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoy, always enjoy filling that, filling that in. Yeah. So, uh, and I guess for 1375 this month, Oh yes, uh, I'll be releasing uh, just a just a bunch of bees. I'm just gonna come to your house, <laughs> gonna or maybe just Not mail you an, mail you an envelope. <laughs> Filled with bees. Not the bees. Or wasps. I'm honestly not sure uh, what the movie wanted me to. I think to... it was supposed to be wasps. Was it wasps the whole time and they just thought it was bees at first? Because they're or, like, or bees. Vice versa. Could be bees or wasps. It could be both. Their toxins are exactly the same. Yeah, or vice versa. I don't know. I don't know which one. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Juicy Waff Bros. Juicy Waff Bros.